This is the Come Follow Me podcast with Jaren Bunny. Each week, I'll get with a group of church members from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Los Angeles area to discuss the Come Follow Me manual. I know that I can't do things in the name of Christ unless the Spirit is accompanying me. We all have the power to make the right choice. To bring more faith, I learned lessons the whole toys that we're here learning. Freaking bring it on is what I say. Their interpretations, feelings, and insights to help you study. Well, hello. This week, we got to study Matthew 10 through 12, Mark 2, Luke 7, and 11. These 12 Jesus sent forth. This week, I got to talk to Jess and Rochelle, and we laughed a lot. So get ready for a lot of laughter, a lot of insights, and a lot of fun. I'm Rochelle Lovett. I've been in the ward almost three years now. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That went by fast. And wow. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that, yep, that's it. That's all you have to do. Sorry, that's guys. All <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Jessica Liu, uh, and I have been in the ward for five and a half years, guys. Dude, but not for long. You'll be out. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, you guys, we're just studying Matthew 10 through 12, Mark 2, Luke 7, and Luke 11. Okay, Mark 2, I was reading it. I was like, this is familiar. We read it in the last time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Um, is it bad that I didn't notice that? No, I was just reading it, thinking about Krista's comments. She kept from last episode. Yeah. Oh. She kept talking about like so why why there was so much physical healing. Yes, and it was interesting because I was listening to that podcast and I was like, wait, I have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I love about this, and my thought about that particularly yeah. was that like that was the essence of what they were focused on then, like the physical ailments that they were yeah. going through were the, the things that stood out to them the most. I don't know that they were at the like self-actualization that we are, where we have everything provided for us. So that now we're to a point where it's like mental illnesses yeah. that, that plague us more so now. And so there are definitely parallels there, Yeah, but at that time they were just like, I can't walk or I can't see or have leprosy. I don't have an ability to perform even the basic needs for myself. And so like the physical things were what was most prevalent then. But I think there are still just as good parallels to our lives now with things that we deal with that that they didn't perhaps. It's interesting that you say like mental like ailments is now our focus. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize, but yeah, that is it. So Christ came back again Maybe it would be more about mental than physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we kind of, you've talked about this uh, before with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. where like the bottom of the pyramid is just, you need to eat, you need yeah. to drink, you need to provide shelter for yourself, mm-hmm. all of those things. And as you go up the pyramid, then the very top one, I think, is self-realization. Self-actualization. Actualization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we have so many things provided for us already that yeah. the only thing we have to focus on right now is that very top tier of 
like, am I fulfilling my needs and understanding who I am as an individual and um, what can I do to enrich myself yeah. and to, I mean, we just have the technology and the opportunities with jobs and with experiences to, to help meet that top tier of the hierarchy of right. needs. And so it's a very different world that we live in now. Yeah, and a, a theme that I pulled out from this reading this week was that Christ keeps giving this parallel between like what is on the outside versus like what is on the inside. So he does it with like the Sabbath day example, right? Where he's where everyone's like, well, you can't pull the sheep out of the mire or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. It was animal. A sheep. It was <laughs> there were many animals that yes. got stuck back in the day. It was a problem. <laughs> and all of the Pharisees are like wait, 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 like red flag here. The Sabbath day is supposed to be holy. And Christ is like, who doesn't leave the 90 and nine and go get the one? Yeah. Like it is about the intention. Yeah. And it, and it's again, like where he's, he's talk, sitting with the publicans and the sinners or, yeah. or whatever. And there's so much comparison between like what is on the surface level and what the appearance of things are right. versus like what the heart is and what the intention is. And I think that goes back to what you're saying about the self-actualization is it's, it's internal. We're trying to figure yeah. out how we become more like Christ. And I think that's, that's it. Like, oh, how yeah. do we become like Christ? That is our purpose in this life. Right. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is that it's, it, it's going to look different for all of us. Yeah. And I think, uh, which is what your which, brother was saying. Yeah. He's talking about exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. We all have individual paths. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but I think a huge problem in our day is that we just tend to compare all the time. And I mean, yeah. it could be because of social media, it makes it more, mm -hmm. it makes it easier for us to see, you know, compare our highlight reels to other people's or sorry, our blooper reels to other people's <laughs> highlight reels. Ooh, I like that. Very, very like it's you can't compare that. Yeah. Um, and I think the past general conferences that we've had, like in the past probably three to five years, they've really focused on the spirit of the law more so than the letter of the law. Yeah. And where you're getting down to the doctrine and down to the app or not the applications, you get down to the doctrine and the principles. And the applications of the doctrine and principles in each person's life is going to look very, very different than the person right. next to you. And so it's important to get back down to the basics and the simplicity of the gospel and learn how to commune with the Lord and right. with the spirit to figure out how those doctrine and applications, sorry, I keep on saying that, doctrine and principles, principles. apply to you and how you can apply it in your own individual life. Yeah, because if you have a testimony and applications, that ain't good because mm -hmm. applications change right. all the time. So totally, you have to have that firm foundation of the doctrine and principles and then nothing will matter with like different changes of the two hour church or different things with the temple yeah. or yeah. everything will just be like, no, I know this. <clears throat> I know these doctrines and principles are true and you'll be fine. The beginning of these chapters, or in, in this section right here, that in the manual, talks about the Lord gives his servants power to do his work, which I kind of wanted to ask the question of like, has there been times in your guys' life where you've seen, maybe through a calling, that you've seen the hand of the Lord in his work as you're helping? I know you went on a mission. You guys both went on missions. Mm -hmm. What do you guys, do you have any stories or 
Any thoughts about that? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think we yes. both. Yes. We both have talked about this. Agreed. End of that question. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> simple answer is yes. Um, I actually, like, loved the first part of this. So the beginning of Matthew 10, um, I was reading through all this, and I thought it paralleled. So it talks about um, the verses really quickly, 9 through 11, is provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey. Um, and into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy and abide till you go offense or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, we all know these scriptures and I thought it paralleled really nicely to Nephi's like go beforehand, like not knowing beforehand what you should do. Yeah. And it was just very interesting to watch him actually lay out what would happen. So first he's like, okay, go into these cities and don't take any like don't worry about like food or, or clothing or whatever and I'm sure the apostles at that point are like okay like <laughs> um, this, are we being punked right now yeah yeah seriously, seriously, probably, but, 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 but like Christ I know like I know better than to doubt you at yeah, this yeah, point yeah. right and they're so, seeing like, miracles they're like okay yeah you you know what you're doing yeah yeah so he like keeps going but then he goes like okay also 18 and 19 he's like and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against him and the Gentiles. And when they deliver you up, take no thought for how or what you shall speak. So, like, the underlying thing here, though, is they're, like, going to get arrested, right? Yeah. Or, like, they're going to be put into bondage of some sort. Or people are going to take them and question them and drill them. And so, like, not only do they have no idea where their food and clothing <laughs> is going to come from, but, like, oh, yeah, you're going to get, like, literally beat up, probably mentally, <laughs> mentally physically, like, all of those things. Yeah, and it's like, it's just so interesting how much the Lord then and now requires us to lean on him and to have yeah. faith on him. That was that was what I pulled from that, like talking about the application to my own life was that he requires us to do things that are logical, that are yeah. difficult, that are without our realm of knowing or um, of experience yeah. so that we know the only way we can accomplish it is if we rely on him. Oh, it's so true. And it happened. Yeah. You pointed out it happened on my mission. Like I was so grateful to have spoken a different language yeah. because for me personally, I was very confident in my ability yeah. to teach the gospel and to know things and to teach people in general. I love teaching, but when I got on my mission and I couldn't speak Spanish, oh. it was like, oh my goodness, I can't do this unless Christ is with me. And it flipped a switch in me so strongly that I was like, yeah. I can't teach. I can't, I can't get out of bed and study my scriptures if I don't have the spirit. And it made me so hungry for that spirit and for yeah. that power that comes with Christ's spirit that, and it, to some degree, like, I hope that it never lessens. I hope that it never goes yeah. away that like, I know that I can't do things in the name of Christ unless the spirit is accompanying me. Yeah. I, I second everything um, that Rochelle was saying. I think uh, the way that I interpreted this scripture, it's one of my favorites um, with DNC 121. Yes. I believe it is. 34 through 46. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Powerhouse scripture is all up in there. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know if that's the one I want to talk about, but I do want to talk about that later. But the one that says that, you know, treasure up in your mind, uh, the yes. words of life and it shall be given unto you the very portion that is meted unto every man. I have seen that so many times, like during the mission, before the mission, after the mission, anytime, because anytime you put yourself in a position where you can be an instrument in the Lord's hands, 
he does fill your mouth. Yeah. He totally does. And whether that's in church or in just a daily conversation with one of your friends, he totally fills your mouth with, with what needs to be said. And sometimes it helps the person that you're talking with, but a lot of the times it just helps yourself. Right. In whatever you just said, because you're like, whoa, that did not come from me. Or just in feeling the the power of the Holy Ghost working through you in being able to help other people. It gives right. you so much confidence when you rely completely on the Lord, as Rochelle was talking about. Um, it just gives you that confidence in the Lord, but also the confidence in yourself. And you feel like you're just walking on clouds right. because you're given that power. And I I love that so much that you're able to be an instrument in the Lord's hands wherever needed. Right. And I just want to testify that that power is so true. And I'm a total, like, planner. Like, I Uh need to know things and plan things ahead so that I know that when the time comes to perform, that everything will go smoothly and I will know exactly what to say. And, you know, but a lot of the times you just, you don't get that. You don't get that time to prepare right plan and and with everyday conversation it's not that you can really have time to think of it it's spontaneous it is it's right in the moment and I've noticed many many times um where the spirit has kind of just told me like calm your brain yeah calm your thoughts don't you should be listening to the person that you're talking to right now whether that's in teaching in church or or um, just talking to somebody you need to be listening to what the person is saying and then it will be given to you how to respond. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the response is just silence. And sometimes cool. the response is just give that person a hug. Yeah. Or sometimes the response is a scripture that you had memorized, like, in seminary that you right. put away, like, in the doldrums <laughs> of your room for a long time. Um, but it's so amazing that that power is so true that the Holy Ghost will give you what is needed to every man that you talk to. Isn't it interesting though, that like a lot of it takes our action. So like my calling, if I don't like seek after it, if I don't pray and say like, who needs my help? Mm -hmm. Heavenly father, who do you need me to minister to? Um, I guess like I could spontaneously get an inspiration that could happen if I didn't ask, but most of the time it's me seeking for that Mm -hmm. inspiration. And then I see him come in and be like, this is the person that needs your help right now. Yeah. It's a lot of my action part. It's like you have to take a step forward in order for that to like move and progress. Yeah. And I think something really interesting about that and just touched on it before when she talked about like our individual abilities is that a lot of times I see people hesitate because they're like, I don't think that I'm the right person or I'm not knowledgeable enough. And like, I, I mean, I know that's happening to me. Like you listen to someone like Jess talk about the gospel and you're like, she would know what to say. In Dude, she gets it. <laughs> she gets it. She yes. should be the star of this podcast. No, no, no. I should yes. not be doing it. And so you listen to someone who's, who's eloquent, who's yes. knowledgeable, and you, you could take that as high as you want. You could say that about a Relief Society president or a bishop or Elder Bednar or oh, whoever. Yeah. Oh, Elder Bednar. Bednar. Oh, no, that's, that's Jessica's sweet spot. <laughs> different people and think oh well like they can be the one to preach the gospel because they know everything and like you you look internally and you're like there are so many things that I'm not good at like even comparing myself to Jess like 
she is so good at remembering exact scripture references or like even yeah. just quotes from the scriptures is so impressive. I just don't have a great memory. <laughs> like, when, like when she says stuff like that, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I remember that and I love that scripture. But like for me, I can't remember those, like the details. The details. And, like I, I was talking to my friend this week, like when I try to quote things, it's just a disaster. <laughs> my wheelhouse and that's okay that's, okay. that's yeah. the thing is it took it takes a second but you have to get okay with like the things that you're not good at and then focus on the things that you are good at yeah and that's where your power is going to come and I think I remember when I was at BYU before I got on my mission I was listening to this story about some girl who was sharing a missionary experience and I was like gosh I was there like I would have said this and I would have said this and I would have done it. I was thinking in my head, I would have done it better than her. Yeah. And, and I like, I am so sorry. To, like, but I like, after that, I had to like humble myself. Like that person was there at the right time to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. They had similar backgrounds. She was able to talk to that person in a way that that person would have understood and would have felt right about. And so I have worked very hard now to to, to come to that understanding of like, even if all you can do is like what Jess said, give somebody a hug or whatever, the spirit can speak to all of us, no matter our ability, our knowledge of the gospel, our ability to remember things correctly. Like, we can all be instruments in the hands of the Lord, no matter what scale, what point of the scale we are on in terms of knowledge or whatever it might and be. And we need everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I've realized with just getting involved with um, this horde is like, we need everyone's help. Yeah. Like not only the 10%, mm-hmm. we need everyone to take their part and be like, okay, I have these strengths. Mm-hmm. I can work in this way, in this ability. It makes me think about callings in the church in general. Like yeah. the way that the Lord has set it up is so cool because, you know, a lot of times people will think, oh, if you're good at that particular job, if you're good at the music stuff, or you're good at being a Relief Society president, then you will be placed in that spot yeah. because you're good at it. But it doesn't happen like that all the time. Right. A lot of the times people are put in callings to help learn, you know, totally. to help train other people or to learn for themselves some of the skills that they will need in their future. Yeah. And so it's important that we think that every single calling that we receive is going to be so important to the Lord and to the ward as well, because yeah. Like, the body hath need of every member. Oh, I love that scripture. Yes, Yes, we are a well-oiled machine. If we allow people to do their callings, we support them in it. Mm -hmm. We allow them, or we allow ourselves to think in the mindset of, you know, this person may not be the absolute best fit that I think, or that maybe I can do it better. Instead, we think, you know, this person is put there for a reason. I will support them because I have faith. And God, and I know that he called this person for a reason. And the cool thing is with every single calling, you're going to get revelation for that stewardship. And it's a really cool thing. There's right here uh, this quote that's like, God will give me the power I need to do my work. Totally. This like impression that you might receive from it. And it reminded me of the story of Elder Irene. Do you remember when he he used to be a bishop Uh and this guy would come to him often to 
seek his advice. Because, of course, you're going to go to Bishop Irene at the time. (laughs) And um, he got released. And this guy said, like, hey, like, I know you're released, but could you just meet with me one more time? And other Irene's, like, reluctant, but then was like, okay, yeah, I'll meet with you one more time. So this guy comes to him, unloads these burdens that he needed advice for. And Elder Irene said that not one single thought came to his mind to help him. And he had to say, thank you so much for coming to me, but I don't have any advice for you. And he's like, then I realized that like, when you are called, you are given certain gifts. Oh yeah. And then when you are released, those gifts are gone. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Cherish it it. while you have it. Yeah. You (laughs) have to cherish it while you have it. Cause once it's gone, it is gone. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that you were never good at that before and, you know, you thought you were. Right. It just means that there is a certain, there's a time and a season for everything. It just means that you're in a a different point in your life that the Lord wants you to work on something different. Yeah. Wants you to have a certain skill um, for your future or wants you to maybe focus on something else that's a little bit different. And so we shouldn't beat ourselves up about being like, oh my gosh, I was on my mission and it was like the spiritual high that I've always wanted and now I can't feel anything. No, it's like if you're going to compare the spirit you felt on your mission because you sacrificed so much and followed all the rules, you you can't possibly reach that pinnacle like right now. It's just not meant to be. You are like returned and you need to incorporate those things you learned in your mission, but also figure out like what kind of person you want to be post-mission. Like who is the person that the Lord is trying to mold you into? And it's not that it doesn't discount anything that happened on your mission. It doesn't discount any of the skills or the abilities that you had on your mission. It just is the Lord telling you, Hey, it's time to work on something else so that I can make you an even more well-rounded person. It's time to put those like miracles that you had on your mission or that calling that you had into that miracle box. So you can just, Pull them out yes. and be like, oh, I can testify about this. Mm-hmm. We act on those promptings. The more witnesses that we'll receive, the more like um, truth and light. And it just builds. Like, I love how Jesus Christ is the light. He hath lighted a candle, put it, don't or put it in a secret place. Don't put it in a secret place. Verse 33. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was listening to, you know how Bednar has those videos about light. truth and light? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, I gotta go find those videos. And I liked how he's like, as we obey, you just get more light. Mm-hmm. And it just is almost like a dimmer. Like, it just gradually increases more and more. Yeah. And then if you don't obey, it just goes down. Yeah. <laughs> it just dips down. Bring the light just goes down. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I thought there was such an interesting juxtaposition of us needing Christ to be saved, to use the atonement, to, like, lighten our burdens, but then also being Christ in the life of others. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know that there was like a direct quote that said that, but there was a lot of things that I kept reading and I would read it as if I needed it. And then I would read it as if I were able to give that. Ooh. And so this was one that really stuck out to me um, in Mark 2, 28 through 30. It says, come unto me, all you that are that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And I just, I thought like how beautiful that imagery is that Christ can take upon him our burdens. Yeah. But then I thought, what, what happens if we wake up every morning and say, my burdens are light. Whose can I lift today? Mm. And it's, it's just so interesting. It's like you're a proxy for the savior. Absolutely. And honestly, like Jess and I talk about this all the time. Like there's so much that, that obviously we all deal with, but like we can do so much for other people and like our burdens to some degree are light if we choose to see them that way. And if we, if we do see them that way, then we can look outside of ourselves and see who is it that might need us today. And like you were saying, Jaren, say, have the prayer, ask the question, who can I help today? And I've seen, I can testify of that in my own life that that not only helps me to find those people, but it lightens my own burdens. It makes me focus less on myself and become more Christ-like. And it helps me to be an example of Christ for other people that might need it, whether they're strangers or not. I feel like when you go through those experiences where you're helping others, you learn more about the character of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Your relationship more like Yeah, you become more like him. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with him is going to build. Yeah. And your your faith in him um, and your confidence in him and also the faith and confidence you have in yourself, which then like spirals even more upward into you wanting to do more of that because you crave that feeling of knowing that God knows who you are. He can use you as an effective instrument in his hands. Like it's such an like almost an addictive feeling of like (laughs) having the spirit with you all the time and being able to touch the lives of, of any person that needs to be touched because you've put yourself in a mindset and a position that the Lord can use you at any given point. Um, and something that I thought about here too, is that, um, like with that, sometimes I think like, Oh no, am I like doing this because I want the accolades or because I want to like feel good? Like, am I serving people just like in a non altruistic way of like, I want to get something out of it, which you will if you serve. But, um, (laughs) this quote really helps me. It's by CS Lewis. Um, and he says, don't shine so that people can see you shine so that through you, others can see him. Oof. I like that. CS Lewis. It just, (laughs) yeah. And I have to keep that on my mind all the time because just, you know, the natural man is always thinking like, Oh, I love this. Like, tell me how cool I am. Like how like awesome I am. No, but if you think about that, to shine so that others can see him, like that's what the purpose of this life is all about. Oh, you look for sure. outward, you serve other people so that, you know, they have, they strengthen their faith because of your actions. And it's not faith in you or how great you are. It's faith in the Savior and how they can develop that relationship with the Savior. And so you want to get to that point where you can always think that, that yeah. you're shining so that others can see him. I love that so much. I also love that, like, we take his name upon us. Yeah. It's, like, part of it, right? When I think, too, so something that kind of keeps going on this line that I was thinking about in Matthew 11, actually, in almost all of them, it talks about people are trying to understand why Jesus looks the way that he looks, basically. Mm. <laughs> like, and in Matthew 11, 8, it says, but what, so Christ is asking this, but what ye went out for to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are, are in king's houses. Oh. And so he's basically saying that 
you know, like he's not wearing all this fancy clothes. Like if I were, I'd just be sitting up in a nice palace somewhere yeah. mm-hmm. um, being served. And so to me, like I gathered from that, that he is like, looks the way that he looks, acts the way that he acts, is the way that he is so that people want to approach him. People come yeah. flocking to him. Like a lot of times it talks about he moves from one place to another and it's like, and everybody follows <laughs> Do multitudes feel like they can come to me? Ooh, mm. And and do I have, like, so I've been in this, like, weird, like, situation where I'm, like, trying to buy a car right now, which is, like, such a <laughs> I didn't a know that. Thing. Yes. It's not a weird situation. People go through <laughs> It's been weird for me, though. Because I, like, I am thinking a lot about, like, how this purchase could affect the way that I view myself. Oh, and it's, I know this is way more introspective than <laughs> Be. I literally but. just went down to Park Mags and was like, that one. Okay, we're good. I know. It should not be the same perspective. <laughs> we all have strange yeah. yeah, that's right. But really, like, and thinking about this and made me think about this car purchase. Like, do I, if I have a car that's, like, X fancy, is that going to make people feel comfortable to ask me for help still? Mm. Or do they not do that now? Or, or whatever. I don't yeah. know. But, like... If I want to be like Christ, which I do, um, and I want people to come to me for help and feel like they can, which I do, yeah. do I present myself in a way from the car that I buy to the way that I look to the way that I act to the way that I interact, do I behave in a way that, that allows that to happen, that invites people in the way that Christ invited people in? And that was something I've just been really pondering a lot reading this and and thinking about my car purchase (laughs) is like does it invite people in that's the most important thing to me and I know that that is emulating Christ's example yeah and I again back to your light thing too like I want it to be illuminated I want to be illuminated I want to be inviting people in and do the things that I do do that Matthew 11 28 to 30 Jesus will give me rest when I rely on him and his atonement. Um, And we kind of talked about this, like burdens are lightened. And something that I love is in the manual, the picture that they do give is like the picture of the two ox and like the yoke. And I love just like the imagery of this, of like side by side, you got one ox with the other ox. You got that yoke around their necks which Mm -hmm. is interesting why the neck Mm. we could go into that too I don't know (laughs) um but for me it's like with my burdens being light or like any kind of burden so I was even thinking like my calling (laughs) it always goes back to my calling my calling can be a burden at times it's kind of hard sometimes to do your callings and I do feel like the Lord is side by side with me Mm -hmm. that like I can just ask for help like what do I do what's an example like an easy example like how can we get the sisters to be excited about the temple Mm. and then we did that temple discussion thing it was like great like he is like in our presidency Mm -hmm. he is like helping us side by side Mm -hmm. oh I love imagery (laughs) (laughs) you like really got me going why is the yoga girl (laughs) so much imagery um but something that I love about that is that one 
ox cannot go forward without the other. Yeah. So if you look at it with Christ with us, Christ cannot move past the point that we're ready to move past. Like he stays with us where we are and works with us where we are. And if we're laying down on the ground sick, like he waits for us and is helping us to get better. But like he cannot drag us along and won't like he won't do it. Yeah. It has to be our call. But then it's interesting because you bring up the calling because sometimes in leadership positions, we're trying to drag people which I think is good, but like sometimes maybe we do that where we're like trying to pull people along and maybe we need to get back in the mire with them a little bit. And like, I don't know what that translates to. So the image is coming like based on the ox, but I don't know what that looks like in actual application, but it's just an interesting thought. Like do sometimes we not even behave as Christ-like in our leadership positions when we're trying to forge forward and, and maybe we're leaving people behind yeah. or something like that. I'm going to jump on that imagery train too. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, with the ox, I think that, yeah, like with trying to forge ahead and like kind of leaving people in the dust, it just, it makes me think of uh, something that I learned uh, after I finished BYU. I came here to LA and uh, came to the ward and uh, got a calling in the FAG committee. Um, we had four co-chairs. Actually, I think we had five. I was the fifth leg of the chair. Um, and it was, it was hard. Like, you, you think about like how many cooks are in the kitchen and like how that works. But um, I thought that the right way to do it was, hey, like fulfill your calling by just getting it done. Like, get these things done, get these tasks done, ergo, you will be successful. Yes, it's all about efficiency, right? That's what I thought. (laughs) Uh, Wrong. (laughs) The Lord really schooled me there. Um, But what I've learned is that it's not about getting things done. It's not about the task at all. It's about the whole journey. It's about lifting each other up. It's about having other people learn, all of us learn together. And I think that imagery of having two oxen, let alone like many oxen, is so cool because there are a lot of things that we think we can do by ourselves and maybe we can, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Like the Lord has sent us to this earth to help each other out and to work together. And, you know, we may think we have the best way of doing things, but it's not about the best way. It's not about you know, completing the job. Yeah. Um, and it's about just, it's working together and it will strengthen the person you're working with yeah. and it will also strengthen you. So I constantly have to tell myself, don't like, don't shortchange yourself and give up that experience or that opportunity for the Lord to teach you something by waiting for this person yeah. or by working together with this person. Like sometimes you need to put your, your quote unquote best ideas down and you need to counsel with people and allow other people to give their ideas and find out what works best um, in the Lord's eyes. Yeah. What does the Lord want to be done? And even then, like, it's, it doesn't matter if you go with the best idea. It's the whole process of the council where you use the spirit to commune with everybody and f- just work together and have the spirit mm-hmm. be there. It's yeah. about the process. Totally. And I like the efficiency thing. (laughs) Coming from three women who are very efficient. This was another 
another comment I had about crying in Christmas thing yeah. last week. Okay, she talked about how spirit can drive away, or efficiency can drive away the spirit. Yeah, yes. that's what Jesse's dad had be. mentioned. Yeah. That's what they were talking about. Um, So, I've thought a lot about efficiency and the gospel. And I remember I was actually reading the Book of Mormon last year. And the story of, like, Nephi leaving Jerusalem and stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh. God is not efficient. I was like, <laughs> seriously, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I was like, first of all, they leave Jerusalem with nothing. And then they're like, okay, go back and get yeah. the the plates, right? And then yeah. they go back. And then he's like, okay, now go back again. Yeah. And, then, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is so inefficient. <laughs> That's so and funny. it totally just hit me. I'm like, it's not the purpose. Not and purpose. when... You're being okay, but this is hard because there's there's not, it's not bad to be efficient. Mm-hmm. Efficiency can become the purpose if you allow it to. Yeah. And it's like President Monson saying, like, again, I suck at quoting things, but like never let let a problem to be solved become more important than a person to be yes. right. Like it's it's the efficiency can take over if you allow it. So don't just get rid of efficiency. I'm not, <laughs> advocate, I'm not advocating for that. Let's look for the longest road we can take. saying Jess about like especially in leadership positions you're helping other people like let them struggle and like all of us are single at this point and don't have no kids but like well just getting married but (laughs) (laughs) we don't have children at this point like at some point we will be teaching children to make their own decisions as well and to stumble over their own decisions as like inefficient and difficult as that can sound and painful and it's not just an inefficiency thing even with kids but like with people that we work with as well or friends it's not just an efficiency it's like it can be physically and mentally emotionally painful to watch someone do something that's not good for them and that is not good for someone else and I'm not saying that I am there at all <laughs> and allowing other people to do it. But it's part of the, it's part of our journey as well is, is letting other people understand the things that we may think that we know perfectly, even though we probably don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we can't allow the efficiency to become the goal. It reminds yeah. me of like the refiner's fire. Cause mm-hmm. like sometimes you have to go through that, which brings me to like, as I'm forgiven my sins, my love for the Savior deepens. Something that I, I thought about when I was reading this is that the woman who came to Christ, the, the sinner, um, she came and started washing his feet and like doing all these things. And a lot of times we stop before that. We don't act on, you know, when we sin, we feel so guilty and we start shaming ourselves into this hole of misery. And we think, you know, Christ is never going to forgive me. He's never going to heal me. Um, and so we stop, we stop our repentance. We, we don't take that action, but this woman had the faith enough to know that Christ can heal. And she had the hope that he could, she hoped that he could heal her. And so what did she do about it? She acted on it and she just put herself out on the limb, acted completely on her faith. And she went and like went above and beyond and washed his feet just to show how much godly sorrow she was feeling and what did the savior do didn't make him feel terrible about it he didn't shame her he you know didn't do anything to make her like suffer for what she's done and 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 
maybe she did, but I mean, it's important for us to remember, like, we don't need to shame ourselves so that we feel terrible enough to, to then feel worthy to come to the Savior to be healed. No, he will heal you instantly. When you feel that godly sorrow, he will heal you right away. Yeah. Or I guess in his own time. Yeah. But that was a really cool lesson for me to see is that like we never should feel like we are unworthy to come to the Savior. Yeah. He always has open arms and we just need to get over it ourselves and say, hey, like I made a mistake. It doesn't mean I'm inherently bad. It doesn't mean that yeah. I'm going to be perfect, but it means that the Savior loves me. Yeah. And that I can always go back to him and receive forgiveness, forgiveness, no matter how many times I falter. It does remind me of like a parent child relationship in ways, because it is like that. Like if a child was to do something wrong, you like you would just want them to just come to you and talk to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, It's so simple. Totally. Yeah. And I think you and you touched on it a few times, Jess, of like the repeated process of being forgiven and of repenting. Oftentimes we read it in in the scriptures, an instance like this with the woman, and it's a one-time instance that we see. And it would be interesting to go back and, you know, follow up story with her 10 years down the road or whatever. Was that the only time that Christ forgave you and that you you repented? Probably not. It probably wasn't the only time. In the scriptures, though, we see instance by instance, it's one time. But I I would imagine it's repeated. And I think that's where the frustration comes in the repentance process is that we just keep doing the same thing. (laughs) It's probably more frustrating for us. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's more frustrating on us than it is probably on the Savior. Oh, God. It's like, yeah, totally. We're frustrated with ourselves. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's where the disheartenment comes from internally is that we get down on ourselves. We have this expectation for ourselves to be perfect because, of course, that expectation comes from Christ. But, okay, we're not going to be perfect, so we, like, allow ourselves some, like, leeway, I guess. Yeah. But we don't allow very much, first of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't tend to allow ourselves very much leeway. And then when you, but then when you get caught in that, like, okay, I'm trying to measure up to this, and you don't. Over and over and over again, or you get there and you're like, okay, I've made it. Like I haven't done this thing in a long time, or I haven't behaved this way in a long time. And then you think you're you're cured of this, and then no. you do it again. You're like, are you kidding? <laughs> We're back <laughs> in yeah. Yeah. yeah, gosh. And and you know, um, somebody said something, Colin. I think it was in Sunday school last week. That was like. We have are the power. powerful to make our own decisions. Yeah, and that was we, such a good comment. Oh my gosh! The last episode, right. Krista talked about yes. it. Yeah, and here we go again. Yes. Episode three, <laughs> Colin. Yeah, Colin. Colin. Still making, Still it, in making it in this episode. So I just love that because it gives so much power on us and talks so much to our own agency. Yeah, but then when we don't do it, then oh. it's like. Well, I'm not powerful. Like, I don't have the strength that I want or that I thought I did. Those are all, like, diminishing thoughts that Satan will put into our head. I'm going to say, keyword, Satan. Yes. Yes. He's there to tell you, you cannot do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And though we have the power to overcome, that does not mean there won't be resistance. Yeah. And so we... Part of mortality. 
opposition in all things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it goes back to what we were talking about being equally yoked um, with the mm-hmm. Savior. Uh, you know, if we do rely on the arm of flesh and just our own power, then it's going to be mm-hmm. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but if we are constantly yoked with the Savior, we're going to make mistakes still, but he will help us get back up right away. Yeah. A lot quicker than totally. we can just on our own. And so it's so important for us to always rely on the Savior, always be close to Him and work on our relationship with Him so that He can always be by our side um, mm-hmm. and that we will allow Him to be by our side and constantly rely on Him. Guys, this has been great. So Do you have so any good. last comments or things that you wanted to share before we close? Too many. Too many! <laughs> was I wanted to promote like getting together and talking with your friends mm-hmm. about this yes. stuff. This is the first time I've done it and I will admit that. It, it, it honestly made me study completely differently this time. Yeah. And it was like and and maybe it just ignites in me like my love for teaching and my love for sharing, but like to have a set time that I knew I was going to talk about these I was thinking about what insights I could pull out and what we yeah. could all share together and mm-hmm. Um, it was similar to like being back on my mission. My personal study was so much better when I knew I would have companionship study. Yeah. You have to share something like kind of insightful. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and I, that always motivated me to do it. And so I, I just have found this process of knowing that I was going to share at some point, um, to be very helpful in my own studies and my own like understanding of the scriptures. Another thing, study, but then also talk to people that are all different. It's fun to come together with different people, not just like the same friends, like different friends, maybe people you don't know that well, Mm -hmm. because you're going to get different insights every time, Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Totally. And I think that's the whole spirit of this whole thing is, you know, eventually we're going to be doing this with our families and we can invite other families over or whatnot, but you really get to know a person when you hear their insights of the gospel and you get to really feel like their needs and their understandings and and it's it's super fun. It's it's the best way to strengthen a relationship uh, with earthly people. Yeah, Jess is already in heaven. Gosh, That's why like, we can't touch her. I am an extraterrestrial. Um, uh, so strengthen our relationships here, but also our our relationship with Christ, and that's exactly what He wants. He wants yeah. us to to find camaraderie down here on earth. And so we can trek through this whole life together and also to rely on him. And I mean, come follow me. That's what we're doing. We are following him by studying these things. And it's, it's really cool to watch this all unfold and find people who are very enthusiastic about this and and all that. Um, Another thing I I did want to say, kind of going off of Rochelle's um, is with the study groups, I know that there are some people that this is not their jam. They hate structure of like reading, you know, reading these things. They don't like talking to people. (laughs) They would rather just study themselves. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Just work with the spirit, do your thing. Like, but then at church, you know, if you have like the spirit kind of prompt you to say something or share something, like, don't be afraid to share it. I love when people who like rarely talk in church, like have a comment. Oh, I get a high when that happens. I'm like, oh, it's It's so exciting. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool. Not only because you're like forcing someone to to speak, but you get to really know that person and you know that that person is having great experiences and that boosts 
everyone else's faith, knowing that every single person is coming to Christ and you're all doing it together, even uh, if it's, you know, individually together. Yeah. Every witness of Christ just boosts my own testimony and witness of Christ. Mm -hmm. Which is really fun to do this because, like, hearing your guys' stories, it's like, oh, yeah, I get pumped up every time. Yes. Enthusiasm. Yes, the enthusiasm is there every time I talk about the gospel. So, you guys, thank you so much for being on my little podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having us.